Good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. It is great to be back with you again. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. We definitely need something warm here in the Pacific Northwest this morning. Sit back and relax, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. And this morning is our first broadcast of Astro Inklings with Tam Veyu. Good morning, Tam. Good morning, Janet. Here we go. Happy New Year to you, Janet. Thank you very much, and Happy New Year to you as well. And here we are. I'm just changing our camera view so that we are both in the frame. Um, it is really good to be here. It is really good to see you. And this is something that you and I actually did a little bit about maybe, what, two years ago, where we would do sort of a an art and word play for Astro Inklings. But now uh, what we've decided to do is monthly beginning the first Wednesday of the month to come on air and do a show about what is what we can expect for the coming month. So not only are we, you know, looking at a new month, we're also looking at the new year mm -hmm. and there's a lot going on. Uh, that is putting it really mildly. There is plenty going on, lots to talk about. And I want you to know in future episodes, when we do this, I'll actually bring some of my energy sketches so that people can look and see. It's been a crazy January. We're five days in. I had no time to prepare in the way I wanted to, but it's coming. You and me both. I mean, I got home late Sunday afternoon. It was probably like about five o'clock, actually, when I got home. And uh, we, you know, you try to unpack, but everything's everywhere and scattered about. Because as you know, we were supposed to fly yes. to California, but our flights got canceled. So we ended up driving. And then half of our 12 group got COVID. And I just discovered my husband now has COVID. Uh, mild cases all the way around and all of us vaccinated. So that's even weirder. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so um, we've been having a lot of fun. And then I get back home and all of my astrology programs and my human design programs won't work. <laughs> Are you serious? I now have 40 requests for charts sitting here and I can't do you know what with it because they're not working. Although I saw that I got an email from my human design program guy and it looks like that one is now fixed so I can download the, the correct <laughs> update. But oh my God, it's going to take me days to catch up now. Janet, of, of those 40 people requesting charts from you, probably 10 of them are people I sent to you. <laughs> Well, if they complain, tell them what happened. It's like, I can't do nothing. Oh my gosh. And you know, the, the, the thing about it is I don't even get access to, well, I guess I do get access to their emails, but to go in and tell 40 people you're not getting your chart yet uh, was too daunting on top of everything else that was going on. So I haven't yet done that. So this morning I'm just announcing if you've been waiting for a chart um, likely later today, I will start to be able to get those rolled out unless it was astrology. One of my astrology programs was still working and I don't know, maybe it was because over the new year, some big update went on or Hopefully. the program <laughs> didn't pick up the new times. I, I don't know. It was weird. Oh, wow. Or that maybe because Mercury's in uh, the shadow of its retrograde. And there's that going on too. Yes. Yeah. It, it's just, a, it's been a crazy couple of days and we're only five days into the new year, as you said, but here we are, we're looking at probably the next couple of weeks at least. And I, I'm going to say through the whole month of January and maybe even the 
February, this flip-flopping energy, and it almost feels like 2021 is just <laughs> not leaving us. It won't leave. Leave already. <laughs> <laughs> leave us alone. Uh, but the, the character of the um of, of the energies have shifted just a bit. It might not be so obvious on the outside because it still feels a little bit chaotic and and sort of um, unpredictable. But I think the character of it is changing as in, you know, anymore we have no ability to hold on to the thing, to the past. Oh, uh, I think that has come front and center in, in my family life. I'm definitely seeing and feeling that. And I know that my clients are saying it too. You, you can't. We're going into a new a new way, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. So what I thought I would do this morning is I'll, I'll take up the stand from the human design aspects and uh, let you talk a little bit about the astrology. And I have one major astrology thing that I want to talk about, and that's the Venus cycles that she's going through in the next six different, five different, because we've already gone through one, uh, cycles in just this month. Yeah. So we have a lot hitting us where our money is, where our relationships are, where love is in our lives, what we value, how we value ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it feels like we're just getting these punches uh, in those areas of our lives. Yeah. And especially like where Capricorn is in the chart, although I don't think it's stuck just in Capricorn. How about you? Um, you're talking about everything that I am feeling in my very close world. Uh, it's so very real. Venus really is having its way with us this month, her way with us this month. Yeah. We never really think of her as something that disturbs us so much, but right. right. Uh, I, I feel like she's breaking up patterns that have been encrusted well and said. Uh, well not said. allowing us to go forward into 2022 without letting them go. Tada, very, very well said. I say Venus is giving us the business. You know, Venus in Capricorn, she's giving us the business of having to do the work of looking at love, money, and relationships, period. Um, it's really showing up for a lot of people. So the shakeup this month is all her fault. It is indeed. Um, I mean, there are other things going on, of course. At the end of December, Jupiter moved into Pisces yeah. and is sitting right now today at about one degree of Pisces. And I'm going to, I want to show everybody the chart and I should have made the graphic, but if, I was too distracted. But if you look <laughs> at the chart of the day, can you see how everything is on basically one half of the chart? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So when we see that kind of a pattern, it makes things one more intense and two, it puts a lot of pressure in whatever area of your life that that happens to be happening in. In the chart of the day, this is happening in all of the personal uh, areas. Yep. So meaning it's it's happening, it's working on all of us individually, yeah. but the individual part of us that is playing in the collective. So right. it's it kind of like it feels everything feels very close to home. It's it's all hitting us very intensely it, you feel it you know it yeah. yeah and what do we do about it we do the work we show up we do the work yeah we do the work and you know i'm going to say that i think that the main part or the thrust of the work and you may have a different opinion and please feel free to interject um is that we are having to create a new story in our lives and collectively as well as individually and wherever we have this old story that this tape or this pattern that's been playing out over and over again, 
we're now having to change it up. Oh, um, I have a book I wrote about five years ago called Scripting a New Life. And that's what it's about. We have to let go of the stories. It's like the planets are now saying to us, you don't have a choice anymore. If you're going to move forward without kicking and screaming, you have to change that story. And we get lots of opportunities between January and the first week or two of February uh, for us to change the story. It's written in the human design. It's written in the astrology. There's this beautiful coherence going on. And literally every year in human design, the gates are all the storytelling gates that start out with January and February. And I, that didn't occur to me when I was writing the uh, human design of the year. But for whatever reason, and I'm sure it's Venus, it feels more intense. It feels more critical mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. Well, I will... It'll segue a little bit into the three key words or the theme of January that we wrote for the Energy Almanac. For those of you who aren't familiar, the Energy Almanac is the book that um, Janet and I have co-written co here. Um, the three words for January are reevaluation, restructuring, and relationships. Those are the three words that um, got pulled out to, to look at. And I just feel that's really, it's, it's so accurate. It's so on point for what's going to happen this month. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, none the least of which are the Venus cycles. And I just want to talk really quickly about those because it's really pretty. I just don't remember maybe because I wasn't focused on Venus as much, but I don't remember a time where in one month's period of time, we were running through six different cycles of Venus. Mm -hmm. That's because right now she's in retrograde, mm -hmm. but also because she is getting ready to switch the retrograde. Part of the function of her retrograde is to move from evening star to morning star or vice versa, morning star to evening star. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is a 562 or 72 day process of her going through this cycle. We started out January 2nd with her in transition phase. Mm -hmm. And then January 8th, so this coming weekend, Saturday, she'll move into inception phase. And this is where Venus conjuncts the sun. Mm. And that puts the uh, earth and the sun and Venus in the middle. So we have Earth, Venus, Sun in uh, terms of alignment. So that that's when they align like that, there's often a lot that goes on in the world around us, whether it's uh, politically motivated, whether it is something that we see in our personal lives or our relationships, whether it is hitting us in our bigger institutions. It depends on where Venus is. And of course, she's in Capricorn. That is our institutions. <laughs> Absolutely. What you got there? These are the moon deck cards that I that I have. Let me move this to be just you so that people can see that. Uh, can I do that? No, not me. Uh, there. Now we can see it a little bit closer. So Capricorn and Venus. Read them for us. Sure. Uh, Venus, beauty, pleasures, relationships. Venus cares for enjoyment and beauty. There's aesthetic awareness, love of harmony, sociability, and money. What is the energy of peaceful enjoyment? Um, Capricorn, structure, responsibility, business, a little cynical, a little aloof, competitive. Um, of course, those are not mundane. Those are more like personal aspects of it. Yeah. But um, yeah, Capricorn is the business of the business, right? Getting down to the business of business. Yeah, the moon deck. <clears throat> I love that. So you did a deck of cards. Yeah. 
now next question where do people get them <laughs> um wherever you get your energy almanac you can go to theenergyalmanac.com that's the store where you can find the moon deck i've had these for th two or three years now people really love them as a learning tool for astrology yeah I just posted the link uh, for everybody out there, both on YouTube and Facebook. You can find the link there to the Energy Almanac. And if you've not yet purchased your Energy Almanac, yeah. now's the time. Now's the time. And yes, let, let them use your link. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Venus and Capricorn. Um, I, I, it is Venus giving us the business right now. And I think, for, I think it feels like applying the Capricorn structure, discipline, um, there's like solitude, right? Paying attention, go be alone and figure this stuff out. If you're struggling in love, uh, if you're struggling with money, take the time, bring order to it. That's like, that's a good application of Capricorn and Venus, right? Absolutely. And on top of that, to the benefit of all is that Jupiter in Pisces right now yeah. at the one degree mark is still in the gate 55 in our human design. And the 55 is an emotional gate. It sits on the emotional center. It is the gate of abundance. Mm. It is the gate that uh, where we, our emotional alignment with what it is that we are, are trying to attract to our lives is uh, what we get. So if you're focused on what you don't have, you're getting more of what you don't have. If you're focused on what you love or on what's working or what you desire in your life, then you're <laughs> energizing or magnetizing that to come to you as well. And I want to note that the, uh, the gate of abundance in our human design is not on the sacral, which is where we would do work in order to get abundance. Interesting. It sits on the emotional center which means that it's our emotional alignment and yeah. alignment with not just uh, what we do, but with our heart and with what we're thinking about mm -hmm. that brings us that abundance. That's uh, That makes such sense when you think about the law of attraction and manifestation techniques. It's all emotional content that creates the magnification to abundance. So I love that it's lined up that way. Now I have a question for you, Janet. Gate uh -huh. 55, how long is their energy at that gate along with the Venus Capricorn? Uh, hold on here, because I actually wrote that up this morning. We have that until January 26th. Wow. Yeah. And then get this, on January 26th, Jupiter switches to another emotional gate called the gate of peace. Oh. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel, because I really see that Jupiter is, you know, whatever Jupiter touches in astrology and human design, it grows and expands or evolves. Right. So. If you're, if you're struggling with things right now, it's because you haven't evolved beyond yes, it, right? right? And, and that's true for everybody. So as we go through this process of Jupiter moving on through the gates or moving on into Pisces, we really have to focus on what is our story and what are we keep, what do we keep saying? You know, what are we saying? Uh, or what are we thinking? Because those thoughts are also magnetic. And then as well, changing that story to be one of abundance, to be one of love, to be one of, of um, pro processing all the negative and into the positive. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm not saying this in just a Pollyanna sort of way, but it is true that we're the ones creating this reality. So if we don't like what we're seeing in the outer world, 
the only power we have to change it is to start by what are we doing on the inner planes? Absolutely. Your outside world is a reflection of your inside world. So, yeah. yeah. And that's profound. If you really sit and think about it, start looking at everything that's going on in your life. And it started with a thought somewhere. Right. A thought, a mad thought, perhaps. If you don't like what you see, it was probably some fear-based something that triggered a thought. Mm -hmm. And that thought, as you you worried, got bigger, got more magnetic. You keep adding to your story. And all of a sudden, like what started as a little irritation becomes um, a massive disruption in your life because you're you've added all this negative emotion to it it's incredible how fast it can spin out of control yeah absolutely so uh, i just want to say good morning to everybody real quickly because lots of people checking in with us susie gemini pauline solia good morning asa good to have you with us and a question how how different how differs from pia energy calendar too many calendars trying to integrate them one at a time um So uh, that's a great question, Pauline. Let's see if we can't figure this out. Um, The almanac is really about the astrology, the human design, the energetics of the month ahead. It isn't really a calendar where we would look up and go, oh, today's the, uh, what is today? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's not like that at all. Instead, you would be looking it up because we wrote it in weeks, right? And uh, I think you would go to the the first week of January and you would read what the general energy or atmosphere is in the section just below that week is the energy of the shadow, what fears we are working through this week. And so you get a more of an energetic view, the Pleiadian earth calendar. uh, Have you seen that Tam? No. So here's the Pleiadian earth calendar. This was 2021, but it was an 18 month calendar. So it's good through June. And in it, we have the Gregorian calendar. So you've got days one through whatever. But instead of just having this mechanical today's January 5 without any kind of meaning, uh, today is uh, the 5th and it's for breathing energy. So it's related kind of to the Mayan calendar where there's an energy for the day that is the collective energy, which is the four. So today would be a foundational kind of day, a day to build form and structure to support your dreams or to support whatever. And breathing energy, which is the more personalized uh, earth energy of the day. And breathing energy is about taking in new ideas, about spreading the positive messages uh, or any message for that matter. But let's make them positive because that's the what that, that's what we want to do. And uh, so it gives us a sort of idea of how we're evolving day to day. And the calendar, just so you know, Tam, is a a 13 day week. So it has that magic and that mystery attached to it, that feminine Mm -hmm. connection, where on the day 13, we go inward into the womb, and we sit with that energy and, and observe the things that have happened the previous 12 days in our lives and how we've changed. Mm-hmm. Then we get the one energy the next day, which gives mm-hmm. us a new pulse of uh, possibilities in the evolutionary cycle. Well, this week started on the second, so on Sunday, at catalyzing energy. Oh, and Catalyzing energy is about shaking things up and making some a, a new pathway. Mm-hmm. Um, catalyzing energy is um, uh, sort of like uh, 
earthquake sort of energy, shock sort of energy. Is that it a five? No, it's a one. It's a one oh, day. One. one is a catalyzing energy. Oh, one is a catalyzing energy. Well, that particular one day is. The next okay. week that we begin is on the 15th, and that'll be one choosing energy. So we see we're going through this round of evolution. So that's a true calendar where the almanac is sort of charting the energy signature for a week at a time, right. which does make it a sort of a calendar, but not in the way that we usually, you know, use a calendar. Right. And, you know, tell people about the, the almanac because you also built in space for people to write their observations and things like that. Sure. Um, so when you get the almanac, you get a beautiful illustration that you can use. And every week, oh, let's see, how do I do this over here? Um, you get a, like, a, I can't do this. Do this and and don't do that kind of thing. So you kind of know generally how to behave. Coaching questions, moon dates, but you get the monthly overview, which is kind of what Janet and I are going over right now. But then weekly predictions. So there's the astrology and then the human design um, shadow work. And then there's all this, um, I use all the margins for writing, but we also have journaling space in the back, as well as we tell you which gemstone, essential oil, movement, nutrition. It's such a beautiful book. Uh, people really use it as a, as a guide. There's your, there's your notes page right there for all the journaling you want to do. And, you know, it's not... Um unusual for us you and i both but you in particular to get comments from people about how useful the almanac is oh my every week i get something from somebody saying how did you know i surprise myself i'll read it and i'll go wow <laughs> gee whiz that's remarkably accurate <laughs> yeah how, how did i know um so we have i hope that answers your question pauline and then we also have let's see any other questions out there. If you have questions, go ahead and type them in. Even though Tam can't see them, I can relate them to her. So don't, don't feel like you can't ask her a question. Corey, good morning. Susie Gemini, I think I said good morning. Pam Zaruba, good morning to you. Debbie Tippett's Tumiel, happy new year. Um, the energy for this January is not to rush in. I get that. I get that. Because every time you try to rush something, you get knocked back. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Monique Alexander, good to see you. J-Lo, hello to you and happy new year. I'm hoping I'm missing, I'm missing no one. Andy girl, I did miss you. Sorry. There you are. And others of you that I haven't seen or that are listening in the background. Good morning to you and welcome. Michelle Gay, good. Good morning to you. So let's transition a little bit backward to more of this Venus changes that are coming up because we have uh, a change of face right? She's going to be moving right now. She's moving into invisibility uh, where we cannot really see her. She's too close to the sun, mm. right? By Saturday, she's right conjunct the sun. That means we can't visualize her. She's in the sort of gestation phase, right? Where she's ready to birth something. What is she ready to birth, right? Maybe a new structure, maybe a new goal, a new dream, a new idea, and then on January 15th, that births, that is the day that we say is the um, heliacal rising of Venus. She's still invisible. We can't see her because now she's in the shadow of the rising sun. It'll take another couple of cycles. Emergence January 16th, a very short cycle between the gestation or birth and emergence. 
in emergence, she starts to pull out ahead of the sun, but it will take until January 28th, the day she turns to forward motion, where we begin to start to see her very early, low on the horizon, the eastern horizon in the morning. So it really shows us that we are, even though we, we've ended the year, we're still in the process of birthing what comes next. Mm -hmm. And we don't even get clear of that until January end. Mm -hmm. let, let that be okay, right? Yeah. And while she's in Capricorn, she isn't alone in Capricorn. Pluto. Nope, we have the sun, we have Venus, we have Pluto, but also not long into the future, this year, this month it actually happens on the 24th of January, Mars moves into Capricorn. Uh, yes, I have that right here, Mars in Capricorn, that's right, absolutely. And then Mercury in retrograde will move backward into Capricorn the next day. Busy, busy, busy. Doesn't it kind of feel like a re vamp of 2020 remember when 2020 when oh, we yes. we had saturn jupiter and pluto all in capricorn i do remember that <clears throat> absolutely that uh re-evaluation restructuring and relationships it's it's that energy that remember we were saying all those re-words at the time yeah uh, a lot of retrograde but the restructuring was such a big yep. word and i, I actually when I think about that, like in the mundane world, like it's so true. You feel it. You feel the restructuring of society, of government, of medicine. Like you can feel it coming. So, yeah, a la COVID, because that's when oh. COVID was really just jumping into our awareness. Mm -hmm. And if we look back now, of course, we have two years hence. Um, there's been a lot gone on, a lot of destruction, a lot of death, a lot of craziness. Pluto has done a really nice job and there's more to come. <laughs> right. And now, you know, the, for all of us here in the USA, and I know not all of, of you are listening from the USA, but we're walking into the first of the USA exact Pluto returns. Right. So it does seem that this country is really dealing with a lot of shadows mm -hmm. and that lasts for another couple of years. Right. Yeah. So I think we're going to see that what is going to play out in the highest is where we are innovative. We have to look at that, you know, the, at the time that COVID emerged, mm -hmm. Saturn was uh, still in Capricorn Correct. and so was Jupiter and so was Pluto. Well, now all that's left there uh, of those three is Pluto. Right. So he's sort of batting cleanup, <laughs> but we, now we have, you know, Saturn in Aquarius, which is looking at the future and what can we, what, what can we build now? How can we innovate? What can we do? How can we think differently about it? Yeah. What, what can we restructure in a way that is new, improved, evolved? Yes. Evolved. There's a good word, but we can't do that unless we're willing to look at the shadows. There's yeah. why we put the shadow energy into the almanac. Right. Right. If we don't, if we're not willing to look in the dark places, then those dark places come up at us yeah. and uh, will take us out if we're not if we're not willing to do the work that we need to to process through all of that it gets to be really tricky absolutely i'm just looking at the comments susie gemini is saying i love pluto i have 29 degrees pluto and virgo in the first house fascinating right whoa <laughs> yeah 
And, you know, I actually have Pluto, uh, well, Pluto transiting across the descendant uh, from my 26 degree ascendant. Right. And moving right into a conjunction to my natal Saturn at 28 Capricorn here very shortly. And I've been, I, I, two or three or four years ago looked at that and I started to panic. (laughs) Oh my God, what is that going to mean for me? And uh, it was difficult, you know, to look at that and go, here I am. I mean, I certainly losing my son this summer was not a pleasant experience and the fallout from that is still there. Um, But it hasn't, it hasn't, I don't want to say this and make it sound weird. It hasn't been, uh, this transit hasn't been as bad as I might've thought it would have been two or three years ago. Your story story made it big. (laughs) I think in my mind, I had really, I was scared, right? I started going, oh my God. And it's in my seventh house. So I'm like, it's going to affect my husband. And I, I started to really feel that, that panic. But again, at least knowing about it caused me to look at the shadow part of that right away. Yeah. So there's not, it's the shadows aren't something to fear. Mm. I think it's where fear lives, right. but if we're willing to do our part in, in looking at, well, what am I really afraid of? What does this really mean? What does this remind me of? What, what am I afraid I'm going to lose? All of those kinds of things it's all uh, begin a process of, of healing. Yeah. Yeah, it's all opportunity for healing if you're willing to look and to really go there and and ask those hard questions. And sometimes they're really hard. Yeah, they they always are really hard. They always are. Yeah, Yeah. but at least we're we're willing. And when you're willing, then things look a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what's your favorite January transit? Favorite? I don't know if I'll call it favorite, but... Um, there's a couple of things that I'm kind of looking forward to, and that is, um, the sun sextile Neptune that's coming up on January 10th. And, you know, that's that opportunity for more spirituality and, um, uh, uh, imagination, like really having an opportunity to Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe for an ounce of clarity, which we could use this month. I don't know, but I do love the idea of sun sextile Neptune and being able to maybe, maybe um go deep with your thoughts and just see where those bring you creative expression and spiritual yeah, i love that and you do realize that this, this is part of a closing sextile with this uh transit because the transit of the sun to neptune began last march when the sun conjuncted neptune right and then it begins this process, just like the moon does, of going through to the first quarter, right. which is, you know, kind of dicey. Mm-hmm. We have to rethink some things. And then you get to the the um, the opposition, and then you get to the third quarter. But the, in between, we have the sextiles and the trines. So here's where we get to take the experience from the whole of the year, pretty much, and put it to use for us, right, for our benefit, before the sun and Neptune come back to their next conjunction, which will be somewhere around the um, 15th or so of March. I think it's something worth really digging into. Yeah, because you're, you're right. I mean, there's so much um, potential there for imagination, for creativity, for sensitivity, both on the psychic levels, but also on the emotional levels, mm-hmm. how we interrelate with one another. And I really feel like that Jupiter sitting at the gate 37, 
which is about peace, and that starts at the end of January, as I said earlier, um, begins to show us a new way to be together. Mm. You know, and it's been a long time since Jupiter will have been at that gate, probably 12 years, 13 years. Oh, oh it's made its cycle. That's right. right? It's a 12-year cycle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So having oh. it sit there now, I think, you know, in the, in the vastness of all the things that we've experienced, starts to put... Um, a new perspective or a new spin on everything. Yay. <laughs> well, you know, that brings me to like the cover of the almanac, which is about, and my theme and what I say to everybody, like we are in a year of setting the foundation for building harmony, uh, make tea, not war showing up peacefully is the entire theme for 2022 that I am sharing. Um, when you look at the numerology, all of the twos, the coming together of people, 22 yeah. being the master builder, two plus two is four, that's foundational. Um, two plus two plus two is six, which is love and nurturing. We are really building and setting a foundation for harmony, but you got to show up that way. You have to know it, bring it to the table every time that you come. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think for the first time in a long time, I think it's really going to dawn on every one of us that peace begins with us. Yes, personally. Right. right. It begins right here with right me. Right we can't now. expect the outer world to model that to us if we can't even be that for ourselves. Yeah. It'd be the ripple effect. You know, it goes yeah. outward from you. It goes out. We know that we are an energy field and that when I'm in a room, my energy is touching other people's energy. So if I show up peacefully, and there's five people in the room, hopefully they're feeling that. And that's our job this year. Show up, make tea, not war. I love it. Uh, what do you think about Uranus changing direction on, let's see, what um, date is that? The the 18th. Yes, the 18th. Um, I am super excited for that to happen. I know it's been a big period of really, you know, looking in and, <clears throat> excuse me, looking at resources and values, but I'm looking forward for it to turn and go the other way. I literally have had some very large uh, transactions going on that got held up. That when Uranus went retrograde, my entire transaction that should have been done in three months is still ongoing. I so I cannot wait for Uranus to start going forward, feeling the energy pick up and having those changes because Uranus wants change and Taurus is money, the economy, values as well as other things like nature and beauty and love and relationship, but uh, really particularly the economy in the mundane world. I want to see what Uranus is really going to do now. It's a little bit daunting because we still have Uranus and uh, Saturn in their square and yep. that's with us all year long all year uh, again. And um, <laughs> so, so the, the change can be a little bit daunting, but it's also so necessary because, you know, Taurus is a notoriously fixed sign, right? They get dug in. Yeah. It is a fixed sign. Its job is to stay steady and to be loyal and to stay, you know, put. Yeah. Um, but its problem is getting out of its own way, getting out of its comfort zone. And I think particularly here in, in uh, the Western hemisphere, we've been stuck in this sort of greed mode, this artificially, um, uh, consumerism that's been uh, part of our reality for, I don't know, my entire life. So 
you know, probably going back to post-World War II. And I, and I feel like that's about to change or it's going to, like, I was watching this. I was watching myself, you know, we went down to Disneyland uh, and so we were down there and, and it was so crowded, right, in, in, in the park. And I kept thinking to myself, why is Disney allowing so many people into the park on any given day? The only answer that I could see is it would, it, it's greed related to the point where for one ride, it was 200 minutes, Ooh. 200 minutes. Most of them were about 90 to 120 minutes to wait in line before you got to get on. That tells me that there are too many people in the park. Yeah. And it wasn't just one. It was like almost all of them. That's Even so the little ones, like the teacups or oh. Alice in Wonderland and those little rides. That's and it. I kept thinking, you know, there's so much greed going on here, not from the part of the people necessarily, <laughs> although they're playing into They want it. their experience. <laughs> right. But from the part of the um, uh, the corporations involved in this. I mean, well, hello, Pluto and Capricorn coming to give them a big shakeup. This is why, you know, when people say, oh, my gosh, it's how did you know? Astrology really does tells the potential of the story. And I think people, places, corporations like Disney are really going to have a big shakeup. And it's been a long time coming. It really, really has. I think your observation is spot on and really remarkable that in the thick of that energy and trying to have fun that you're like, wow, look at this. Look and at this. I was being a willing participant in it. Truth. And that's what really pulled me back. I was like, yeah. oh my God, I'm adding to the problem. I am not working. I'm not fixing the problem. Mm. And not that that's a problem that's mine necessarily to fix, but every one of us in the park that day were, were in it. Yeah. Right. We were participating in it. Wrapped up in it. And yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying don't go to Disneyland. I'm not no, saying no, no. don't have fun and do those kinds of things, but you, you get to some point where you have to look at the value we spent $360 a piece Oof. for a three-day pass to the park. Yep. Yeah. If I had that to do again, I probably wouldn't spend it. Well, I think that people are truly waking up. I really, really think I know so many people who didn't do Amazon or Walmart. Mm -hmm. They shopped local and they, you know, my family, we talked about next year doing a Merry Thriftmas where everything has to be secondhand. Um, my, I have a daughter who, act, I have two daughters who actually do reselling as a business. They go and buy used things and resell them again so that it keeps, so it keeps things out of a landfill. Um, there's lots of potential for the Capricorn big businesses to come down a few notches. They still have their place, I believe. They really, really do. They, yeah. They just need their adjustment. They just need to, they need an adjustment. That's the, that's how I'll leave it. Yeah. Well, and, and part of that too is with Saturn in Aquarius, you know, that whole time Saturn was in Capricorn, it was really showing us the, the non-sustainable nature of our world or of the things that we were doing. And then he moves on into Aquarius and new ideas come about, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you another Disneyland story that I was like, boom, it hit me. You know how uh, a lot of those rides take up a lot of space, sure. right? Disneyland chewed up their entire parking area for California Adventure, which is a whole nother park built on big, you know, rides. But what I started to notice is a lot of the rides were smaller 
in that they, you know, could pack a lot of people into a, a vehicle, let's say, but the the experience was immersive in that there's this screen and you believe you're on some kind of ride because your chair's moving forward, backwards, stopping or what have you, but literally it's all on a screen. And so the, the ride takes up less space. Mm-hmm. So in, in a way they get more people in there. It's a smaller space, but the experience was a blast. I love that, that kind of experience. I noticed Universal Studios did the same thing. So I think there is this corporate idea that, you know, maybe we don't need to go as big or we can do it in a new way. And that's Saturn and Aquarius. What can we do in a new way? There's also a whole other Saturn and Aquarius that you just talked about. So you're putting people in a box and containing them with a digital screen. Aquarius is that technology piece and the box itself is very Saturn. That is remarkable. Yeah, that Um, artificial reality, um, but we have to be very careful with that as well. And I think that's one of the things we're going to see moving forward that we're really going to have to square with that idea of AI and VR, virtual reality and artificial intelligence. All of that's coming up in a big way, too. That has Um, been very much at the forefront of my thoughts lately, like reconciling this digital age with the need to be in nature and and be grounded and you know Taurus being in the north node for the next several months you know like it, it's hard i worry about chipping people and you know everything digital i i'm trying to rectify this and i don't know if i have any answers <laughs> i don't either but it's interesting because for one thing like i i have a client who is looking at getting a new job And uh, they were going to advance her to the next level, the next interview, which meant she was going to have to fly out of, uh, where is she, here in Washington to um, Atlanta for her interview. Uh, But then they, and in the end, they they said, well, why, we can do this virtually. So we have Zoom. We we can save the airfare. We can save the fuel. We can save getting someone on a plane and exposed to possibly more uh, virus, you know, load. And why not? Why not use the tools that we have? And and that's, again, you know, the thing that we're going to have to look at is the sustainability factor, but also the preservative thing, right? We don't want to toss out the society that we've built or the culture that we have, but we do want to make it more sustainable. So we really want to, we really want to look at things like capitalism, like consumerism and the, the banking system and all of those money kinds of things that we've built because they're kind of built on sand. Yeah. They're not sustainable. Foundations would be really important right now. (laughs) Right. And this year, Uranus is going to move across the halfway point of Taurus. And that puts us in the phase of beginning to see what the, the destruction is and how we have to rebuild. Yeah. And what, what's it going to look like? so excited about that. And I don't, you know, I I hope that we have some say in what that looks like (laughs) or somebody, somebody benevolent, smarter, bigger than us, but I'm looking forward to that part of it. Yeah. 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 Now let's take a look at Mercury retrograde because I think I love Mercury. Did you pull that? (laughs) That's what I've been holding this. Like she's going to talk about that. (laughs) Let's talk about it. What, what are you, what are the cards that you're holding? Uh, I have Mercury um, in Aquarius. We have Mercury in Aquarius first retrograde. Yeah. 
um, you know, you're a good Gemini. I'm a solid Virgo. That Mercury is alive and well in two of us. And so I'm always really curious, where is Mercury right now? And boy, wherever the placement is, is so relevant. So we got Mercury in Aquarius and, and now we're really how I think language becomes more Aquarian, more friendly, more, uh, I don't want to say kind, but, but friendly and willing to, you know, just willing to, willing to speak and share and be kind. Um, maybe, maybe we're going to find ourselves analyzing and looking at the groups, the humanitarian efforts that are going on, which is very Aquarian. Maybe we're going to see ourselves analyzing, looking at technology more, Mer Mercury being um, something relative to technology and Aquarius, of course, digital information, AI, technology, invisible waves. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how technology behaves during this retrograde. It might not be pretty for us. It wasn't but, for me. <laughs> yeah, right. We already started. Um, what a great time, though, to really use the Capricorn energy of solitude, quiet, going analog. Like, go analog. I'm all about analog except for when I need to like do a Facebook live with Janet or something. Um, <laughs> maybe our February, our February live will be hard, but yeah, the Mercury retrograde in Aquarius, I think technology is going to be the biggest thing to keep our eyes open for. Yeah. Um, and you know, I wanted to point out to people that last year, Mercury was retrograde in all air signs. So oh. it was all about oh. us having to reevaluate our thoughts. Yeah. And to uh, take a look at what possibilities there were, like what were the possible ideas that we could take action on this year, with the exception of December's uh, next December's um, Mercury retrograde, they're all retrograding in air, but backward into Earth, mm. which tells us something very big in, in, in just looking at that. It's that you can't just take the idea and leave it up here somewhere, you know, in the ethers, you actually have to do something with it. So yep. the backward mo motion into an earth sign tells us that you've got to take the air, the idea, uh, and put it to work, right? Put it boots on the ground kind of energy. So I think a lot of um, the technological uh, aspects are going to become more realistic, like more live to the planet and how do we make it work for us yeah. and that's a big thing because now we're going Aquarius to Capricorn the next one will be Gemini back to Taurus mm -hmm. and then uh Virgo or Libra to Virgo mm -hmm. so it'll only be the December one that's all in Capricorn so um that's interesting amazing. I think that is something <clears throat> um me being the baby astrologer you being the brilliant um, I love that looking at the elements of the retrogrades to see that that makes perfect sense to me how last year it was all air and, and the, I love the air to earth and boots on the ground that speaks a lot to me I will carry that forward. Yeah, uh, that'll speak to you because of your, you know, Virgo energy there. And then also the ideas last year, we just couldn't seem to put, you know, any kind of weight to them, right? Right. They were just being bandied about. But mm -hmm. now this year, it looks like we're going to we're, we're not going to get away with just keeping them up here as ideas. We're going to actually have to do something with them. Root them. Yeah. So there's that. I love that. Yeah. So that was I was waiting to talk about Mercury retrograde in Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and Mercury is today is at four degrees. So he has another 
six degrees to go. So he's um, going to retrograde. What day was it? Darn uh, it. The 14th. The 14th. Yep. Yeah. And depending on your time zone. And he is retrograding when the moon is going to be in Gemini. Oh, boy. Oh, that'll so, be fast. The thoughts. Yeah. So we have this emotional thinking air energy that we're going to have to work with that day. I always like to look, okay, where's the moon that day? Because it's going to set the tone for the emotional energy and the moon in Gemini loves ideas. So we may have a little, a little bit of a problem because we're going to have be loaded with ideas. We're going to be loaded with possibilities, but they're not going to go anywhere unless we can bring them into that physical realm, the earth realm. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, anybody too much in their head, uh, it's not going to go. Those ideas won't go very far at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we got to talk about Mars and Capricorn. Let's do. <laughs> Mars and Capricorn is on the 24th. And I don't like I'm I actually want to hear you talk about it, because to me, like when I think of Mars, I always think about the. I always go between aggression and passion. Like that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. So aggressive action and movement toward the plans we made, maybe. Yeah, uh, that, that would be, that. that's a really good way to look at it. I always think of Mars as the warrior, right? right? He's this warrior and he, yep. he prefers action, mm. motion, right? Mm-hmm. And you're putting him in a sign that he does fairly well in because mm-hmm. The, the only thing that might irritate him is the need to build from the foundation up. Okay. Right. Because sometimes he's more impulsive. He wants right. to just get going. That Aries impulse. Yeah. And, um, and he's going to come into contact with, with the uh, Pluto in the end of this transit. Right. Yes. And th- so it, it, on the game of life, this would look like possible positioning for some kind of war or some kind of battle, Mm -hmm. whether that's between people's like, or parties in the government, Mm -hmm. um, or groups of people that represent different things. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're taking the energy of a very fiery planet and putting it in earth. Mm -hmm. So we have scorched earth potential. Mm -hmm. But we also have the potential if we harness this correctly, to take that passion for rebuilding, for reforming, for re whatever, put, put any word after it and making um, progress, right? Right. Having goals that lead us somewhere. The dark and the light, like setting yourself up for war or making progress toward building, restructuring properly. Yeah. Yeah. Or setting ourselves up for peace. Yes. Make tea, make tea, not war, like bringing peace table exactly Um, and if i'm not mistaken right around that time he's also going to come into a conjunction with venus yes yes i have that too yep i don't i don't have that date right at my fingertips but um that is likely one of the most creative energies of all of the astrology energies when mars and venus come together Mm -hmm. and they're coming together in a sign of rebuilding so it holds so much potential for using our creative thing. energy in positive, forward-moving ways. Check the 29th. I think it might be when they're when they're the conjunct. 29th. Uh, moon conjunct Mars. Ooh, that'll be fun. And also conjunct Venus. Or the moon will be conjunct Venus. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, 
But you're right, it's got to be somewhere right around there. The next day on the 30th, the sun is squaring Uranus. That ought to be fun. Uh -huh. And it might be early in February. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's probably into February. I haven't looked that far ahead. Yeah, because Venus, you know, is, is doing her little dance at that point. She turns direct on the 29th. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say it's February. I don't have my February calendar yeah, in front of me. I want to say February 3rd. I don't know why that date's sticking in my head. I, I'm um, not going to lie. Mars and Sagittarius has been a real problem for me. <laughs> I'm a Sag rising and my mouth sometimes, like my my urge to, to share what, <laughs> what I know. <laughs> oh, it's, it's just been really interesting. I actually have seen it for a lot of people. Um, yeah, and that could play out in different ways for people wherever their own um, Sagittarius or right. now uh, Capricorn will be, or as it will be later um, in your, your chart. But it does put more pressure on that Capricorn part of our charts mm -hmm. where we've had, we've been, we've been building, crashing, rebuilding, crashing, rebuilding, and that continues apparently for... So so what would you recommend for everybody listening? Should should we all be looking at Capricorn, locate it in your chart and and let's pay attention there in that in that house? Yeah, absolutely. Look at where Capricorn is your chart. I use the whole house, a whole sign system now. So yes. Capricorn, if you've gotten a chart from me, is all going to be in one space or one um pie slice, um, one house. Um, I, I don't know if you're using that system or not, but it whole, might yeah. also, if you've gotten a chart from a different place, might be, you know, a different house system. So it could spread across two different houses. So you want to look at that carefully and see what it is that it's affecting, like the nature of the house. For example, you have Sagittarius, you said, in the first house, right? So it's been morphing you personally. Mm -hmm. You're having to look at embracing growth and expansion but also in a more very concentrated goal oriented way mm -hmm. and it all starts there with your viewpoint like how do you see yourself how do you see other people um and it could be very it could be frustrating you know to have mars moving through the first house if you feel like you were being blocked in any kind of way <laughs> you know that arrow of sagittarius just wants to aim straight out there and follow the arrow exactly yeah yeah. Now moving into Capricorn in my system, that's going to put it in your second house of money. It so is. anything that's been blocked perhaps for you money-wise is going to change. Yes. So that's a good thing. It sure is. <laughs> yes, it is. And we also know Mars this year goes retrograde, yes. but not until later in the year. So I think if you start to pay attention now to what it is you're actually building, are you actually following a template or a, um, a goal? Um, then I think the retrograde time becomes a lot easier for you. And we enter into that shadow of that retrograde starting in early, either late June or early July, uh, because the actual retrograde begins in October. Mm -hmm. So think about it now. It's in the, it'll be in Gemini. Mm -hmm. And that'll again, you know, be, I think, really good time period. But start thinking now about what kind of goals you have and what kind of changes that you might need to be able to work through as the year unfolds. Mm -hmm. I always am looking. I know. It's, I'm like, wow, she really keeps a lot of information up there. That Gemini mind of yours. Woo. 
well, it helps that I just did the astrology workshop before I w uh, went on vacation too. So uh, all that's like fresh in my head. Yeah. Um, but one of the things to think about from a human design perspective then is that uh, Mars is going to retrograde and slow down in all of the throat um, areas because Gemini's gates are mostly in the throat center. Okay. So the message that we're delivering to the world, whether it's through teaching, through podcasting, through, you know, talking to one another is going to have to shift. Mm. Interesting. That's yeah. worth a note. That one I have to write down. Yeah. 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 So again, that's way out in the future. It doesn't really have much to do with January, except that, you know, if we know ahead of time what we're in for, we can start planning now. That's the beauty of astrology. For like a lot of people who follow me and my work, they're beginners in astrology, just like I'm still a, very much a student and a beginner in astrology. Um, knowledge is power. Applied knowledge is magic. Yes, I love that. Applied yeah. knowledge is magic. Yeah. You, knowing one. that this is coming now you prepare you do your work you know when and this here's another thing like when, when you do the work it works well what is the work and and there's your it can be anything it can be asking yourself questions it's the deeper journaling it's paying attention and looking what is being illuminated right now for me to address where are my pain points shine a light yeah. on those that's the work yeah that is the work but I, I really want to emphasize to everybody listening, because we're winding down here now in our hour. I can't believe how fast an hour goes. It was fun. Um, is the personal responsibility that we all carry this year. Yeah. That we all carry from now on. Actually, I don't think it's just this year. I think it's something that's really dawning on us. That if we don't like what we see in the outer world, it's up to us to change ourselves. And that's the key. Changing our story. Absolutely. upsetting the patterns from the past by doing it for yourself. Um, in neuro-linguistic programming, which I love, uh, there's, a, there's a great technique called a pattern interrupt. And really this year feels like a pattern interrupt where everything we know, like it's like sticking um, something in the spokes of the wheel and just, erp, and taking the opportunity to like, how can I do this different or better? Right. Yeah. So I'm pulling us a card Yay. for January. This will be kind of a uh, look ahead at January. And I'm using a deck called the Starseed Oracle. And this is by Wizard Azanon. I actually met him in person. No kidding. Um, but I love this deck because one of the things that I'm doing this year that I haven't really shared with you yet, Tam, is I'm going a little bit galactic. Uh, I'm starting to use the fixed stars and the star seeds sort of information in what I'm doing. Yes. So let's yes. see what this card is. This will be dimensional planes of perception, portals, possibilities, options. Card number 74, which is also an 11. So we have a master number hidden in there. Right. Master number 11. Just look at the beautiful, you know, kind of three-dimensional, fourth-dimensional, fifth-dimensional things in there. Oh, my gosh. So what's funny? And so I'm looking at this in the reflection, and all of this right here I thought was words. And I look at the card, and there's no words there. It's all just patterns. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so let's see what this card means. This is a new deck to me, and this is the first time I'm actually getting to use it. <laughs> so I'm excited. 
Uh, the symbolism here is about portals, possibilities, and options, the elements of water, air, and fire. Uh, the crystal is alexandrite. How funny. That's my birthstone. Yeah. Uh, chakras, all of them. And the planets, Mercury, Jupiter, Uranus, Neptune. We've talked about all of those this morning. The zodiac signs for this will be Gemini, Sagittarius, Aquarius, and Pisces. Portals for new perceptions are opening, creating unusual, unconsidered possibilities, delivering energies for unique options that may spontaneously arise without much effort or planning, such as a wellspring suddenly developing in the middle of a desert. It activates chromosome pairs 2, 11, and 20 for deeper balance within duality. Wow. 2, 11, and 20. So 11 is a 2, and 20 is obviously a 2. We talked about the energy of two in the beginning this morning where 2022. 2022. There it is. Two, two and two. Um, I want to just real quickly, if you if you get the coloring book, this is the Almanac coloring book. Um, pink pepper oil this month is going to um, help you as well as black onyx. Um, and though there are articles in the Almanac about those. This is just the coloring book version. It's a very light version of of what's going on astrologically. I love it. I love it. Well, Tam, this has been so much fun and I'm so glad we're doing this this year. No. Um, our next date will be February 2nd. That is the first Wednesday of the month. 2-2-22. Huh? Oh my gosh. Woohoo. <laughs> so maybe we'll have to wax more numerology. Uh, of course, love that February is a big month too. It, there's a lot of symbolism in that month with... Uh, the USA Pluto return on 222 of 2022. All of those twos. Um, what are we building in this nation? Oh, let's bring the numerology. I hope to have some uh, nice energy sketches done for the next show. I can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Tam. It's always awesome to be with you. Thank you all for joining us on Wednesday. Um, I also have a show next Wednesday where I will be interviewing um, a gentleman about scalar technology and his name escapes my brain. Oh my gosh. I'll write that up and get that out to everybody. I will also see you on Friday morning. We'll talk more about the weekend. Thanks so much, Tam. Love you all. Love you, Tam. Have a great day. Bye everyone. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.